He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And abides in the shade of the Almighty. Says to the Lord, my refuge. My stronghold, my God in whom I trust. He will free you from the snare of the fowler. He will conceal you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is buckler and shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that prowls in the darkness, nor the scourge that to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end Amen
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Grant, Almighty God, through the yearly observances of Holy Lent, that we may grow in understanding of the riches hidden in Christ, and by worthy conduct pursue their effects. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord God formed man out of the clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and so man became a living being. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and placed there the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God made various trees grow that were delightful to look at and good for food with the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God had made. The serpent asked the woman, did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? The woman answered the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, you shall not eat it or even touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. No, God knows well that the moment you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods who know what is good and what is evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eyes, 
and desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of the Lord. Reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, through one man sin entered the world, and through sin, death. And thus death came to all men inasmuch as all sinned. 
For up to the time of the law, sin was in the world, though sin is not accounted when there is no law. But death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin, after the pattern of the trespass of Adam, who is the type of the one who was to come. But the gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, how much more did the grace of God and the gracious gift of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow for the many? And the gift is not like the result of the one who sinned. For after one sin, there was the judgment that brought condemnation. But the gift, after many transgressions, brought acquittal. For if, by the transgression of the one, death came to reign through that one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of justification come to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ? In conclusion, justice through one transgression, condemnation came upon all. So through one righteous act, acquittal and life came to all. For justice through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The word of the Lord. According to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, 
If you are the Son of God, command these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, Again is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to test. And the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I, have give, I shall give to you if you shall prostrate yourself and worship me. At this, Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan! It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came to administer him. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. I was a, a little remiss as we began Mass. I forgot to introduce to you our visiting uh, priest. So Father Kurt is the chaplain for Notre Dame High School over in Scottsdale. So we're happy to have Father Kurt uh, can celebrate the Mass with us today. Um, I usually do not begin my homilies with some sort of a joke, but Archbishop Fulton Sheen always did. And I recently heard one of his jokes that fit the readings today, so I figured I'd share that with you. But uh, just remember that I heard it from Archbishop Fulton Sheen, okay? So Adam was walking with his son Abel. This was after the fall, and they were hiking along some mountain, and way off down below in the distance, they saw a beautiful garden, lush trees, and even from a long ways, they could see the, the, the trees bustling with the fruit and Adam looked at it and said to his son Abel, you see that, son? That's where your mother ate us out of house and home. <laughs> so, I knew the men would like it, not so much the women. <clears throat> uh, today, when we hear that first reading of, of Adam and Eve eating uh, that fruit, that forbidden fruit, and because of that, sin entered the world, and the transmission of that sin, concupiscence, into all of us. And so everyone uh, has inherited this original sin. Um, and I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get to heaven and talk to Adam and Eve about this because it's through their, their, their act of disobedience that we all inherited that original sin. But God didn't leave us in darkness. He didn't leave us without hope. And, and so... I love the symmetries that we see in the scripture. So when, Adam, when God told Adam and Eve, if you eat this fruit, you will surely die. We hear in the words of Jesus Christ the, the remedy of that original sin. And it's also through an act of eating, act of the appetite. 
So when God says through Jesus, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will what? Live forever. And so eat this and you shall die. Now we hear Jesus say, eat this and you will live forever. And so Jesus Christ is the remedy of that original sin. And even we see as early as St. Paul recognizing that Jesus is the new Adam. And just as sin entered the world uh, through the first Adam, uh, through Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness uh, for all who turn to him. This my uh, aim to connect uh, three, go- three readings, uh, two gospel readings and then the first reading that we heard today. So I want to com- you know, connect the first reading from Genesis with the first gospel reading we have of Lent where Jesus is tempted in the desert and then also connect that with the gospel reading we heard on Ash Wednesday. So as a reminder, the gospel reading that's proclaimed every Ash Wednesday is when Jesus says, when you fast, don't look like the hypocrites, don't be gloomy. Um, When you give alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And when you pray, go to your room and shut the door. God who sees all these things in secret will reward you. So when we look at the, the three temptations of Jesus, they correspond in a way with the, the temptations of Adam and Eve. It would be a mistake for us just to think that Adam and Eve had one temptation. If you were listening closely to the readings, you will actually see that they had three temptations. So it says, when Eve looked at the fruit, she saw that it was uh, uh, desirable for its beauty, it looked good, uh, it, desirable for its flesh, she could imagine that it would taste good, and then finally it was desirable for the knowledge that it could impart. And so I'd like to, to look at those three temptations as a temptation for pleasure, for possessions to own it, and thirdly, of pride. So those are the three sort of temptations that I'd like to boil the the forbidden fruit down to. And these are the same temptations then that Jesus has. So the first temptation that Jesus has is one for pleasure. If you would turn these stones into bread, you could eat them and end your hunger. And so there's a a, a pleasure that comes uh, through eating. You know, I don't understand it, but somebody once told me, you know, I don't eat for pleasure, I just eat for fuel. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. Um, (laughs) I eat because it's pleasurable, it tastes good. And some people have a whole routine. They they put on music and they they love the the whole uh, cooking and all the smells. It's a very pleasurable thing to have beautiful meal. And so Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. And as fully human, he was capable of being tempted. Uh, Some people might make the mistake of saying, you know, Jesus was God, and so of course he was going to overcome the devil's temptations. Uh, But he was also fully human. And so fully human, he was capable of of temptation. He was also capable of experiencing uh, suffering. Uh, and in this case, namely the suffering of, of hunger. Okay, he has spent 40 days uh, fasting. You know, 
He probably uh, fasted more purely than any of us. A lot of times we, we cheat. We cheat on Sunday or, or uh, holy days. Uh, but the Lord was hungry, and it was in his weak moment that the devil appeared to him and offered him solutions. So turn the stone into bread is a temptation for uh, pleasure. He also tempted the Lord by offering him all the kingdoms of the earth. Uh, one theologian I read commented that it was Jesus' mission to win back what the devil had stolen uh, in all the kingdoms of the earth, liberating mankind from the devil's power. And so the devil was offering him a solution to his mission that didn't include the cross and his death, his suffering. And so I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth, you'll have all of them without the cross. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. And so this is the temptation of, of possession, of owning uh, things of the world. And then finally, the, the, the sin of pride. And the devil took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple. He said, throw yourself off of this high location in the sight of everyone. If you've ever been to Jerusalem, to the temple area, it would have been probably full of people all around. Some people visiting, some people there for prayer. But it would, it would be certain that a large crowd of people would gather and see him throwing himself off of the pinnacle of the temple. And the idea was that God would not allow you to be harmed and you'll just kind of float down and land on the ground. And so the, the devil uh, is actually quoting scripture here, which is very ironic. He says to him uh, that he will command his angels concerning you and with their hands they will support you lest you dash your foot against the stone. The devil is quoting scripture. And in, in specifically, he's, he's quoting Psalm 91. And what's very ironic about this is that Psalm 91 was used by Jewish exorcists to cast out demons. All right, so it's very ironic now the devil is quoting it back to Jesus. And it's probably because he knows the psalm very well. <laughs> he's heard it many times um, in being expelled from, from people by the Jewish priests. And so now he's using it to tempt Jesus you know, show that you can throw yourself off this pinnacle, fly down like Superman, and everybody will be wowed. Everybody will say, wow, did you see that? And they will esteem you greatly. They're going to they're probably worship you. And so there's the sin of pride, of being self-centered. And so that's a sin that we oftentimes can fit into. So the three temptations that Jesus has here in the desert, we can connect them with the, the temptation from that original fruit. Now, in the Ash Wednesday reading, that gospel reading, we have Jesus' remedy for those three temptations. All right, so I'm connecting it now with that gospel reading for Ash Wednesday. And that reading for Ash Wednesday is where the church uh, comes up with the three pillars of Lent. So for Lent, the church always celebrates these three pillars, things that we are called to enter into, and that is a prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Those are the three pillars of Lent that we're all called to. And notice in that gospel passage, Jesus didn't say, if you fast 
or if you give alms, or if you pray, it's when you do it. So he expects us, all of his disciples, to do these things. And so what is the remedy then that Jesus gives us for pleasure? Uh, I, I would add disordered pleasure, right? So disordered pleasure. Jesus gives as a remedy for that fasting, and was often given as penances in years gone by uh, to overcome sins of the flesh. When somebody was uh, not strong enough to resist temptations, a lot of times it was given to them uh, periods of fasting to try to mortify the flesh in order to gain more control over your, those temptations. So this is what Jesus gives us for a remedy for the pleasure, disordered pleasure. And then for all the possessions, all these different kingdoms shall be yours, the, he gives almsgiving as a remedy. Rather than trying to hoard things for ourselves, to give them away. And so he prescribes almsgiving. And then for pride, or being self-centered um, or narcissistic, he gives as a remedy for that prayer. So prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer because prayer recognizes that I can't do it on my own. I need God's help. And so prayer in itself is uh, combating pride, which, mean, which makes us sometimes feel like we can do it all ourselves or we don't need God. Um, and so prayer uh, helps us to recognize that it doesn't depend on me so much as it depends on God working through me. And so as we enter into this period of Lent, we're to think about our own temptations. Uh, it's also interesting to note that these three temptations, uh, the Jewish uh, uh, priests believe that all the sins of the world could be derived from them. Um, they might not sound like they're the same sin, but somehow you could trace them back to disordered pleasure, to uh, possessing things or desire, greed, um, and for pride. And so as we begin the season of Lent, we can think about what are those temptations that maybe are the greatest for me? And what, how then can I apply the remedy? So whatever the temptation is, whether it's disordered pleasure, whether it's uh, greed, or whether it's pride, I can look at the remedies that Jesus gives us that the church offers in the three pillars of, of Lent and try to do that more uh, during this period of Lent. So whether it's prayer, fasting, or almsgiving. And in each of these pillars, we are showing God that we love him. So when we, when we fast, we say to God, I love you more than this, what I'm fasting. I love you more than the things of the earth. Uh, when we are giving alms, we tell God that we love him by uh, recognizing his presence in the poor. And so Jesus said, whatsoever you do to me, you do. Whatsoever you do uh, to the least of my brothers, that you do unto me. And so when we give alms, we're giving to Jesus. And so that's an act of love. And then also when we pray, we tell God that we love him by our desire to spend time with him. May this time of Lent be a beautiful time uh, for us to overcome our temptations and to grow in holiness. Amen.
still remains seated for now. Reverend Father Kunkel, these unbaptized catechumens who I now present to you are beginning their final period of preparation and purification leading to their initiation. They have found strength in God's grace and, in, and support in our community's prayers and example. Now they ask that they be recognized for the progress they have made in their spiritual formation and that they receive the assurance of our blessings and prayers as they go forth to the rite of election celebrated this afternoon by Bishop Thomas Olmsted. Those who are to be sent to the celebration of election in Christ, please come forward together with those who will be your godparents. My dear friends, these catechumens who have been preparing for the sacraments of initiation hope that they will be found ready to participate in the rite of election and be chosen in Christ for the Easter sacraments. It is the responsibility of this community to inquire about their readiness before they are presented to the bishop. I turn to you, the godparents, for your testimony about these candidates. Have these catechumens taken their formation in the gospel and in the Catholic way of life, seriously? Amen. Have they given evidence for their conversion by example of their lives? Amen. Do you judge them to be ready to be presented to the bishop for the rite of election? My dear catechumens, this community gladly recommends you to the bishop who in the name of Christ will call you to the Easter sacraments. May God bring to completion the good work that he has begun in you. Brothers and sisters, we invite you now to sign the book of the elect. How's their handwriting looking, Eric? Brothers and sisters, we look forward to celebrating at Easter the life-giving mysteries of the Lord's suffering, death, and resurrection. As we journey together to the Easter sacraments, these catechumens will look to us for an example of Christian renewal. Let us pray to the Lord for them and for ourselves that we may be renewed by one another's efforts together to come to the share of the joys of Easter. We pray that these catechumens be freed from selfishness and learn to put others first. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That their godparents may be living examples of the gospel. We pray to the Lord. That their teachers may always convey to them the beauty of God's word. We pray to the Lord that these catechumens may share with others the joy they have found in their friendship with Jesus. We pray to the Lord. Lord that our community during this Lenten season 
may grow in charity and be constant in prayer. We pray to the Lord. Father of love and power, it is your will to establish everything in Christ and to draw us into his all-embracing love. Guide these catechumens in the days and weeks ahead. Strengthen them in their vocation. Build them into the kingdom of your Son and seal them with the spirit of your promise. We ask this through Christ our Lord. My dear friends, this community now sends you forth to reflect more deeply upon the word of God, which you have shared with us today. Be assured of our loving support and prayers for each of you. We look forward to the day when you will share fully with us at the Lord's table. Brothers and sisters, let us now profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As we begin our Lenten journey, let us turn to God for help in this season of grace. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis, that the Lord would look graciously upon his every need and continue to inspire him in holiness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For politicians and government leaders, may the Lord provide them with wisdom for the sake of truth and the common good. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For people in need of basic necessities for life and for all who struggle to survive in the midst of desperate circumstances, especially in slavery and bondage, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the elect as they begin the season of deepening their relationship with God before receiving the sacraments of initiation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who have gone before us in the light of faith, May they find their ultimate fulfillment and rest in God. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who have been recently in surgery and those who are planning to go to surgery and those who are in the hospital and those who are in fear of all kinds of viruses, give them strength to understand that God is with them and he'll protect them. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We pray also for a quick 
uh, discovery to the cure for the coronavirus to ease our fears. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you all of these, our prayers and petitions. We ask you to answer these prayers in accordance with your divine will, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.
Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Give us the right dispositions, O Lord, we pray, to make these offerings. For with them we celebrate the beginning of this venerable and sacred time through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, by abstaining forty long days from earthly food, he consecrated through his fast the pattern of our Lenten observance and by overturning all the snares of the ancient serpent, taught us to cast out the leaven of malice, so that celebrating worthily the Paschal mystery, we might pass over at last to the eternal Paschal feast. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deo plenitus Celia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui bene in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. My Lord and my God. Mysterium Fidei As we celebrate the memorial, the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven. And as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, who blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Thomas and all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant, Francis our Pope, and Thomas our Bishop, Eduardo his auxiliary, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever.
At the Savior's command informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
overshadow you with his pinions, and you will find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will encompass you with a shield. He will overshadow you with his pinions, and you will find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will encompass you with a shield. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High and abides in the shade of the Almighty says to the Lord, my refuge, my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. He will free you from the snare of the fowler, from the destructive for you he has commanded his angels to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you upon their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. On the lion and the viper you will tread, and trample the Since he clings to me in love, I will free him. Protect him, for he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in distress. I will deliver him and give him glory. With length of days, I will content him. to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be shelter of the Lord who abide in his shadow for life say to 
to the Lord, my refuge, my rock in whom I trust. And he will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hand. 